0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Stitched and Bruised Podcast. I am your co-host, Jason Brazier. And, as always, with me is the lovely Tina Louise. How you doing, Tina? Hello.
1: I'm doing
0: great.
1: I am slowly getting on a schedule. And that's such a wonderful thing because, like... My life is very chaotic if I don't have a schedule uh-huh. from eating to sleep <laughs> to the whole nine yards. So well, I
0: flop what track of what day it is. So
1: <laughs> I've been trying to figure out because for our listeners who might not know, I don't have my daughter full time. And so I've had her full time since the beginning of her spring break. And then now I've been homeschooling her, plus trying to run my business, trying to, you know, help with donations, yeah. you know, well, um, uh, and all that at once. Yeah. And I'm just, like, now figuring it out. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's been a learning curve for us here at my house, too, because my wife is a school counselor, and um, they're finishing out the school year with homeschool and the schools are closed too, and so I'm used to working at home, and, uh, so it's all been an adjustment for all of us, but we're finally kind of getting some (laughs) some of it figured out, um, a method to the madness, as I say, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this has all been one, it's been a crazy few months, and even the last few weeks, you know, uh, I know I've mentioned in the past, I mean, I work broadcast media, do media production, and I lost like 98% of my work because of all this. And uh, I'm lucky that I have two clients that are letting me finish a couple of videos for them. So that will be good in the short term, you know. But uh, I'm not sure where broadcast media is going to be coming out of this. I just think there's going to be a lot of new health regulations that are going to have to be followed for live events. Because that's what I did a lot is a lot of live event recording for like ESPN3 in Missouri State. Um, but I don't know what to expect. I think there's a lot of unknowns right now and, you know, um I had a job interview yesterday, I've been applying for other jobs and anything I can get um, <laughs> uh get anybody to reply back to me on, so um just trying to look for for the long term, so you know, nobody was prepared for this and I think that's evident in all aspects of everybody's jobs and careers, you know, and um nobody ever, expect, ever expected something like this, you know, and uh, nobody was prepared, but now that we've been through it, and there's you know, hopefully we'll be more prepared, and I think that that's a good transition and segue to talk about how it's affected wrestling.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely affected wrestlers. I mean, I've seen an influx of people Starting Patreons now, um, OnlyFans. Yep. Um, you know, and just pushing their merch as much as possible. Yeah. Well, it's
0: what they have, you know, they have it's all they have to fall back on at the moment, you know. I have a feeling that coming out of the pandemic, I, I have a feeling that a lot of wrestlers are probably going to have, um, some backup businesses at some point, you know. Um, some of them, uh, like, I think, you know, I, I like, Dr. Britt Baker, I mean, she has something that she can fall back on, you know. Um, but some other people just don't, you know. No, i not, not saying everybody does, because, I mean, there's other people that probably own properties and things like that. And, but, you know, that's affecting them as well, because people, they ain't working, they can't pay a bill. <laughs> um, but right. I feel that a lot of people are going to start looking at having a secondary thing behind their main thing they do, like wrestling and things like that. Um, Because, you know, nobody was prepared for this. And I think moving forward, a lot of people are going to start thinking about things differently. Um,
1: Right. They're going to be like, okay, in case this happens again, which I hope it doesn't you know, this is what I should do moving forward, so I'm prepared. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's,
0: you know, that's kind of what's aggravating about WWE. Um, They have released quite a handful, not a handful, gosh, I shouldn't say a handful of people. They've released quite a lot of people in the last couple of weeks. And from all the reports, from Pro Wrestling Sheet to uh, Big Daddy Dave Meltzer, uh, (laughs) They've all been saying that there was no reason for them. They, didn't, if even if they didn't release just all the talent, they and crew and whatever, um, they WWE was still on track to make like a twenty million dollar, you know, re- in revenue, you know, this year without doing that. And now in the past, I've said that they've held on to a lot of talent just to keep them away from AEW. I mean, they were paying some people to stay at home and do nothing. And uh, I've always said. That's kind of cheap, and if I'm hearing correctly, don't quote me on it, I, th- that's, I think that's where um, the co-executive vice presidents of WWE, when they got let go, that's what they bumped heads on, was, hey, we want to make the stock more valuable in the company, but you need to stop spending money on talent that we're not using. And rumor, the rumor was is that Vince fired him because they didn't want to do what he wanted to do, and he wanted to keep um, getting talent in so he could keep him away from competition. Cause he was trying to avoid the same situation he had with WCW back in the nineties, uh, which is very, very plausible. Um, and, but the people they let go, I was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. But then there's some of them where I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, but all right. Um, and mostly it was people at first, In that first, like, group of people, it seemed like it was ones that had mentioned at some point in the last year that they were unhappy with stuff. But they still re-signed, but they weren't, they weren't happy. Um, and nice. so some of those were like, okay, that makes sense. The one I was surprised about was Gallows and Anderson, though. Because they had just been on WrestleMania, and they had been playing ball with WWE and playing, doing what was told of them. Um, So that kind of me out of that. Um, And it's one of those things that let me see who else did they let go? They let go of um, uh, Mike Kanellis. That didn't surprise me. Because I mean he, after they re-signed, (laughs) you know he got mad about how they were using them, and I don't blame him. Um, and they, he just said at home, because she was pregnant, and then he got released. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. He was at home, not doing anything. Okay, I can see you letting some people go who were doing that, but Gallows and Anderson were on TV weekly. You know?
1: To me, my, okay, this is my thoughts on it. I agree with who they let mm-hmm. go. However, I don't agree with the timeline of when they let them go. They should have yeah. let them go a long yep. time ago, yep. so they could have either been established so, with Impact, Ring of Honor, yeah, it, CW, was, it, Andy, it was, it was, something, it's movie. you know, yeah,
0: it is, it's. Um you know oh they say it was just just business i'm like well no because again even if you didn't make these cuts you were going to still be making 20 million dollars this year or whatever um so Mm -hmm. to me it's like i and this is just conspiracy theory so don't quote me on it but with vince losing the xfl and he was he's getting sued for um by one of
1: Unfulfilled con- well, not, contracts
0: not only, yeah. and
1: uh, yeah Well, not just that, and... though, but
0: prior to all of this, this, um, he was getting sued by a couple of groups who were big investors in WWE stock, and they were having him investigated for uh, appropriating funds and misusing it to help launch the XFL. And so, gotcha. uh, that's kind of fallen to the wayside, but I do think it's still in litigation. But... My thing is for him to start just letting people go like that. um, To me, when you don't need to. um, And especially since they've got, I forget how much money Meltzer said they just had in cash just sitting. You know, they they were going to be fine. Millions.
1: I mean, yeah, okay, you can say, yeah, he shouldn't have let them go because they really didn't need to let them go. So the time is terrible. But really? career wise for them it was the best thing he could have done was let them go so they can I go really, elsewhere oh yeah, I totally and, agree.
0: that's why i'm saying you know, right now he's
1: it's a double edged yeah. sword because,
0: man it, it really is. Has, to me it's kind of like he's poking them with a stick saying okay you want out now i'm going to let you go now but you you can't you have nowhere to go so i have nothing to worry about it. you know it's kind of what it not that he's saying that but that's kind of what it becomes you know what i mean um I, I mean i think gallows and anderson will go back to new japan um and uh the one the other one that I was kind of surprised about was drake maverick i guess i was surprised but not surprised because he was a very big team player that was his dream job to work for wwe he was still enjoying it and he was pushing to, to wrestle and then they let him go but they still want him to wrestle in the cruiserweight tournament and right. I was like, "Man, that's kind of... <laughs> it's like thanks, but you're kind of twisting the knife a little bit there, it feels like." And um, uh, the the day after he released his video, he started really posting a lot of stuff about Rockstar Spud again. And um, you know, I know that he loved what it was his dream job, but I honestly think that once things kind of get back into gear, I really think he's gonna. Probably do a lot better um, in the wrestling scene now, um, and because I, you know, if I was a promoter, I'd be wanting to book him like crazy. You know, um, right. actually, a lot of these talents, I would. But um, I don't know. It's 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 a unique time, and yeah, I, I Again, we could say that, you know, um, the it's just the timing. It's just like, well, you guys wanted to go, so here you go. Well, you're letting us go now when nobody can do anything. And he's like, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You know, and today they released Kane uh, Velasquez, which you and I talked earlier. That didn't surprise either of us. Then um, they released mm-hmm.
1: No, to me, that was like, you know, he was promised this big multi-year mm-hmm. deal. And to me, it just reminded me of the contract where Bret Hart and Vince McMahon had. He was promised the same thing, and then they wanted him to take less. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that's right. They just like found a reason to let him go. So they get out yeah. that contract, save him yeah. a couple million.
0: guest was at WWE a few weeks ago because he posted about it, that people got mad about him they so took a picture of ronda rousey and uh mm-hmm. so i think he was probably going through the contract negotiations starting way back a few weeks ago and that's probably you know you're probably right it could be a Bret hart situation where they did that um and they just wanted to get out of the contract so that he's found a way and the thing is is that i bought you know they also let go of one of their tenured video directors that's been with the company since 1984 and I forget the fellow's name and if anybody knows that, forgive me I forget his name right at the moment but um, they let him go and, uh, and I don't even think they furloughed him they just got rid of him and uh, then they got rid of Gerald Briscoe today um,
1: and that surprised well, you know, there. it
0: does me too but at the same time I mean, he's 73 um I could see him just being like, you know, um, I could see them giving him the the opportunity to either retire or be fired, and he probably took the whole being let go thing so he could get a severance package for a while and then take his retirement money. You know what I mean? Sure. But Mm -hmm. I think... You know that's what happens with a lot of companies. If you've been a tenured employee there, it seems to be one of the. Some people think it's usually the first. You know they let go of some of the people down below on the bottom of the totem pole first, but they're also going to look at who's been who's got a lot of money that they're having to pay monthly, too, and they're going to get rid of people that they. And so, um, sadly, that usually ends up being some of the older guys at the top, and. You know, he's, um, I, you know, I, I, it, well, it did surprise me too, but I don't think it's, I think they just said, what would you rather do? And he said, well, he's probably like, well, I'd probably just rather be fired and take a severance package. And they said, okay. And that's what they did. And so he just, you know, because he's been at the company so long with him and Vince, I could see him and Vince just talking and then saying, okay, let's do that. And then, you know, I could see him giving, Br- Gerald, you know, Briscoe the, uh, the option where he wouldn't give somebody else the option.
1: But didn't they do this years ago with him and Pat? (sighs) Like, maybe right after the Attitude Era? No,
0: because they were still there in the Attitude Era. They just stopped being on television.
1: No, I mean after the Attitude Era. Not that I'm
0: aware of. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, um, I don't think so. I mean, but I could be wrong on that, because I haven't looked that up, so I'll have to look that up, um, but,
1: it just, like, it, some of it just, like, really surprises me, like, MVP, for instance, like, you know, you, I've seen him on the Wrestlers documentary, and, (laughs) He's talking about wanting to slow down this, that, and the other. So I'm like, did they really feel like, you know, he's still presents like he did before? And that he's, like, worth, like, a big contract? Or, because to me, they would have had to pay him quite a bit for him to want to come back.
0: So I think in that it just comes down to politics. Because they probably offered him a big contract,
1: right.
0: but he still got quite a few years under his belt to go. And so they say, okay, we can probably have him for the long haul. And Gerald Briscoe, I, you know, he's just getting older. You never know. how much longer, too.
1: So. Well, Pat Patterson's like 80 you know, or 81. I would be surprised one. if
0: Pat ends up bowing out at some point, too. Or they let him go.
1: You would think he, they would have done... No, not really. I think, I, I
0: think what they're doing is they're letting people go and then they are slowly releasing the information. And that way it doesn't seem like they're letting 100 people go at once. Because I guarantee you over the next two weeks we're probably going to hear about people who were released two weeks ago.
1: I am really excited um, to see where everyone yep, is agree. going. Um, that's, uh, been released. Um, I'd like to report that in the next coming of
0: weeks yes. as we
1: learn things and I well, kind of I pass That on to, that the revival,
0: um, um, has been toying with everybody, but in the la- latest episode of Being the Elite, um, the young bucks apparently said at the end of the episode that they said, "Ah, we don't know if we can." Our next episode could top this. What we just did in this episode, and then um, somebody looked up in the sky and up in the, the riding it said "FTR," apparently. Um, so the, now they're known yeah. the Revolt. Um, I think that uh, right. making an appearance. I, I, I think. AEW's being really smart because they're really relying on their social media which is what got them famous before before even AEW started and that's I love mm-hmm. how they were in, able to do that And with the, the introduction of Matt Hardy I love that I was totally into that how they did the whole thing um, Matt Hardy's character and with him talking with Jericho in the ring I was laughing so hard I thought it was so funny that the comedic back and forth with them saying elite lead a few weeks ago <laughs> oh i was rolling mm-hmm. and then vanguard won. like jericho keeps trying to get the freaking drone to join <laughs> the inner circle i mean i i just i've been laughing about it but some people are like this is stupid and i'm like you know what this is pure jericho gold he's yelling at a drone i i could
1: well, even this last Wednesday, like, I think they had the Flim Flam challenge, or was that the Wednesday uh, before? They, at the Inner Circle had their little, you know, vignette segment, yes, 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 that or whatever, before. and classic Jericho, classic Jericho gets mad because, like, Sammy yes. had to show off, you know? And I'm like... There he is, classic Jericho, yeah, right there. You it's, know, it's funny. Um, I, I really like. I, I think that both companies, if they're gonna have talent like that, be there to do those t- um, tapings for like empty arenas. They should have a I Marine agree. side. I, I, I think it. I think it just. There's so it's so hard to get yes. into without an audience. Even Ryan was watching it with me, and we were watching AEW, and then I switched back to NXT, and he was like, "It's so hard for me to watch with yeah. no well, crowd." I and he was like, "Let's I think watch AEW." AEW. Is, you
0: know, the one thing I will say this: some people, are, you know, you've got the haters out there who don't like it. And my thing is this: I'm like, they're a young company. And I like that young mentality because right now, like, they're looking at what the competition's doing. And they're like, okay, what are they doing that we need to do? And they're not, oh, man, it is kind of a lifeless show. Let's let's do this and add our wrestlers to the ringside. And, like, that first week, that first night they did that, and they had um, Sean Spears and um, MJF taking bets on the side. That was just gold. It was good. Mm. They made it part of a the storyline. They worked it in. It was great. And um,
1: it has a WCW Saturday I Cody, Night. I mean, deal. Cody's a,
0: he's a you know um, he's he loves wrestling. He's a wrestling. He loves the history of wrestling. And so, you know, going for that type of feel, I think that's totally what he would do. And the thing is, I enjoy it. You know, it's um, it's really. Mm fascinating because Cody, uh, man, I could sit down and talk to that guy for hours. I hope someday I get to, but it's one of those things where um, uh, the, it's, and I grew up watching, you know, we both grew up watching Nitro and Raw and all that, but it's um, some, you know, mm-hmm. one of my friends, he's always like, I didn't, I couldn't do Nitro and all that. I said, man, when you actually really like, the thing that got me into it was I liked that whole like there's a gang taking over the show that angle where it was like an inner invasion, and then when they had the storyline where they had yeah. distance and within the group and then you had the little <laughs> back. and so I liked the whole um angle there um when.
1: And I think when we were in school, it was like, okay, we all agreed we liked DX, but when it came to, like, the NWO, we were so split on black and white or Wolfpack. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) My wife bought me a Wolfpack hoodie for my birthday, and I wore that thing, I wore, like,
1: I think I've seen you post a few pictures in it.
0: Um, As soon as I got it, I put it on. I was like, oh, yes, I am too sweet right now. Um,
1: (laughs) You know, I was just saying that on Twitter yesterday, I believe, maybe the day before, that my wardrobe is basically wrestling (laughs) T-shirts. And then I make my own pants and jackets to go with them. And it's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I could wear them. Like I I wouldn't even have to wear the same shirt twice in a month.
0: Due to what's going on, but we're trying to move, and so we're in the middle of purging our house of stuff we don't need. Boxes of stuff we're going to donate. Of course, half the shirts I'm keeping are my wrestling shirts. (laughs) But uh, if they're
1: Oh yeah, like I would get rid of like anything um, else besides my wrestling shirts, which they are saying it is a buyer's market right now, so maybe you might yeah, not I don't have a hard time selling your know, Right house. now I'm
0: just waiting for the, my stimulus to finally come in so I can actually do some touch-up paint and clean up a few things I need to fix, you know, in the house, but um, you know, that'll come here in the next couple of weeks, and so I'll get it done and get the house ready, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been a very interesting, um, thing with the whole wrestling thing too, because, you know, um, like I, I've tried, like I watched WrestleMania, um, my daughter wanted to, cause Becky was wrestling, mm-hmm. she is a Becky Lynch fan, and she loves Nia Jax, and, um, the, uh, you know, that, I, am expecting, a really good in-depth, behind-the-scenes documentary about WrestleMania 36 in the next couple of years. Because it just wasn't WrestleMania. Only in the name. And... It was and, you not. Know,
1: it was... And, and the, I didn't like it. I was like, too nice. You know what, what? I think? They had to do, you know why like, they had to
0: do that? Gosh. I think the state of Florida, you have to have like so many people in the building. And so they had to split it into two nights, mm. so they could have the different setups and stuff like that, and get the right amount of people and not going over that. Because I heard that they had Florida, like not, I, I won't say the police or anything there, but somebody,
1: yeah, they had Broward County sheriffs called like almost every day for like a week yeah. on the performance center. If because passerbyers would see vehicles there and, like, what the yeah. hell, public gathering. Yeah, well,
0: I, not. It's, it's, it, you know, I really think that coming out, like, the one thing that's, that both companies can be doing really well right like now is because they have a limited roster. Because there's some people, which I don't blame, are like, hey, I'm not coming to work, to work at this stuff. So they're actually on WWE right. to push these people who are showing up, and they're starting to realize, oh, these guys are actually good. And then there's people who are in AEW who we know are good, and they're just now able to get some more airtime, and it's been great. Um, and it's, I don't know, I, I feel like coming out of this, the first thing that they're going to do coming out of this, and actually do a live show, is that's when they'll do Blood and Guts, the third version of War Games. And um, I think that'll be the smartest thing to do because even Jericho was like, man, I was hoping we would get to do Blood and Guts and then that could be the end of the season, you know. Um, But, you know, it just didn't work out that way. So my hope is what they'll do is they'll, when they know they're going to do another, be able to start doing live shows again in front of crowds, that that's when they'll do Blood and Guts. Um, Because I think Double or Nothing is probably going to be... Um, done where they're doing their stuff now because it's just the Nature of the Beast possibly right now. I don't know what to expect. And I also think too that some of these people, like even Missouri is supposed to start opening up next week and I think that's stupid. Um, I
1: I heard soft openings of like salons yeah, and I, nail places. Um, Ryan definitely <laughs> needs a haircut, but I told him. I was like, I still don't see getting one for yeah, another month because so many people are gonna, yeah, so many people are gonna want to get their nails yeah, done well, or their haircut the thing, or something. You and,
0: know, I'll, I just get tired of seeing the people out there say, oh, this is all fake and protesting and everything. And I'm just like, I know... I know. And I know people people are dying that maybe some numbers are kind of inflated or deflated. Oh yeah. It's just, it's an election year. So some people on both sides are just going to do that to try to make the other side nature of the beast. But that does not mean that there's not something happening because I know I have friends that are nurses and doctors and I talk to them and they're like, no, this is serious. And you know, one of my friends, her husband was shipped off to Chicago to help with the uh, nursing and staff up there because they're just, you know, people are working seven days a week around the clock and not getting any time off. And, uh, you know, they have to have the relief. And I'm just like, like, you think that's fake, you know, and it's ridiculous. And I think that AEW and I think it's going to be the smarter one of the bunch, honestly. Um, and I think WWE will probably be the first group to have live crowd back Um, I think that they should probably have it at the performance center because I don't think they're going to sell out a huge arena for a while Um, I think AEW is probably going to start just broadcasting from Jacksonville just for a while when they start doing live crowds again you know what I mean just to kind of slowly build that back into it but I don't think AEW is going to be the first one to do live crowds again Because um, for a while, I I don't see them pushing that until like late summer, early fall. WWE, on the other hand, I can see them as soon as they're able to, they're just going to. And
1: see, this is my issue with the whole money in (laughs) the bank situation. They are essential business yeah, declared in Florida. How are they going yeah, to do already, it, money it's in the been bank filled. in Connecticut? Are they...
0: It's pre-recorded. Huh, I they said so... it like two weeks ago. From what I heard. Because they were already taking my... Oh. You know, they were pictures that were you know, making the amount on the internet of... Uh, ring on
1: top of the uh, building so are you gonna totally hear those birds in
0: the background here i mean i'm i'm, I'm out on my deck. sorry
1: <laughs> yeah like it, you're gonna hear That's, it on the playback it's so right. clear um, Everybody can hear yeah, our Ozark
0: lifestyle <laughs> right now. But, um, I don't know. The, I, um, uh, did you hear about, uh, Renee Young apparently got some heat for, because John appeared on backstage for a moment? Um, you know, no, a couple I didn't ago when they hear were that. broadcasting backstage from their homes and stuff they started doing that. Renee was in the kitchen and then the next thing mm-hmm. um, that happened was Moxley walked back there and said something funny with the dog and walked away and I guess that in the interview recently he said uh, that we oh you know he goes I won't he didn't go into detail but he said that she got some uh, I'm on um, my daughter's out here now. Um, I'm recording honey. I'm on a podcast for wrestling. Why? Because I have a wrestling podcast. I've had one for a while. But um, <laughs> the uh, main thing is that I guess all he said was that she got some heat for it. And he didn't go into detail of what that meant exactly. <laughs> um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, one thing I will say that I, I forgot. I wanted to mention this. I forgot about it. There's a uh, clothing company called De- the deathmatch outlaws, i don't know if you've heard of them. Um a couple of weeks ago or was it a week ago maybe? Mm-hmm. Um they actually um live broadcasted um a bunch of like classic deathmatches from the over the years and there was one that was with John Moxley when he was in CZW. And uh man that was a brutal match. Um i don't think a lot of people realize how hardcore he used to be. <laughs> um because they just know him, Dean Ambrose. And I'm just, like, watching right.
1: this match
0: with him in this small town of about, in this, like, they started out in the ring, in the arena, and then they went outside and fought, and the entire crowd just followed them And then they went back into the arena and finished him. Whew, man, it was rough. He was bleeding like a stuck pig. Um, but I will say that if there's any community that's really come together, it's been the wrestling community because the guys at WrestleTalk, uh, who I love over in England, they put on a show with Will Ospreay and uh, a bunch of wrestlers over there and they did a live stream of it. It was no crowd, but they actually did it on their WrestleTalk channel and were able to raise a bunch of money to help pay the wrestlers and some other things. Um, so, you know, and uh, Will That's Ospreay actually cool. contacted WrestleTalk about it. Um. And so it's one of those things I don't think they were able to since then because I think they had a small window to pull something off like that. But, you know, I think the wrestling community is the thing that's really come together more than anything, and fans and people are trying to help be supportive of each other. And, um, you know, you don't – the wrestling community is the only group of people I don't see bitching and moaning about. I think, yeah, we'd love to be able to go see a show live. Or go to another Starcast right now, but at the same time, we—I feel like us as fans mm-hmm. have so much more respect for what's going on, what the wrestlers are having to deal with and go through, than any other sport. Like when it comes to like football or basketball or baseball, everybody's just kind of like, you know just really complaining about it being over. And everybody else is like, hey, you know what? Wrestling's still on. I know I can't see it live, but at least I get to watch Cody or Hangman. Well, Hangman hasn't been on in a while. But um, uh, Omega and those guys, you know, and some talent that we don't get to see a lot. And so I think that's been um, a lot of fun to kind of see that camaraderie within, that, in, within the community online. Um, you still got those... You know, uh, idiots who are always like, man, it's better tonight. And it's just like, there's going to be those, those diehards that anything outside of WWE is trash. But, you know, I think logically if you look outside of, uh, take a step back and look, I think you can see that WWE could always be doing better. Um, but they just don't. Because um, of politics and money. Whereas everybody else is able to really explore creatively. I, I would watch a New Japan event over WWE probably almost any day of the week now.
1: Um, right now, honestly, I usually would probably be the first one mm-hmm. to agree with you or say it before you. But they actually have my interest peaked right now because that, that Dana no, Brooks that, the and the Money in the Bank. That's Interesting. And then Tamina, Tamina is gonna go against Bailey for the Women's SmackDown. Are they finally giving these women uh, I don't a push? Know. Or I think you know, like. A higher job Again, level? I think like, what it comes down what, to is you that know, you know, what is some it? of
0: the people are staying home. And Tamina is great. I love Tamina. But I think that um, she deserves that she deserved that title shot a long time ago rather than now. And so I feel like it's like, okay, you're here. And that mm-hmm. doesn't diminish that she's not talented. I'm just saying that, that they should have given it to her a long time ago. Um, but If she wins it, fantastic. But um, Bailey's just too good of a heel right now. She's just too good. Um, So I think she'll win.
1: So do you feel like it's more of
0: like who's willing
1: to come in and carry
0: the company Um, during the coronavirus? Especially in WWE. Especially in WWE. I can see that. I could see. It's kind of always had this open floor format where it's like, you know, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, let's try this. And they always collaborate. And so I think that to me, Mm -hmm. AEW really hasn't changed other than we're just seeing some other wrestlers that would usually just be on dark more. Um, So to me, when I watch AEW, it it, it doesn't feel that much different. Like you said, it feels like WCW Saturday night. Um, whereas when I watch Raw or SmackDown or NXT, I just feel like I'm watching a, a practice match because Pete, there's nobody there, you know, and I think that's the fundamental difference between mm-hmm. the two right now, because I don't think WWE understands, you know, what to do. And AEW was like, no, if we put the good guys on one side and the back of the hills on the other side and we have them cheering, it's going to help make interaction which is what wwe is missing is that interaction with the crowd or with some sort of crowd and i think that's been really smart of them yeah and um i think it will continue to be i mean that's why i'm i'm an aew guy um i just like you know if they do something that's like that's not good if it's not good they don't sit there and try to just bury it they say okay yeah we did that and they continue to build from it and try to say okay we we'll, we'll we won't do that again or we'll do better and do something else. You know what I mean? Um, whereas WWE, if they'll just drop something in the middle of the show and move on to something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? And
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, and you're I mean, just AEW, supposed to I go with like it. it. You know, and that's I, and it. we keep saying that it kind of feels like old school WCW. I think what it is is that I always said that AEW is a mix between classic wrestling promoting from back in the days of Dusty Rhodes and Arnie Anderson and Tony Blanchard mixed with more of a strong, the strong style stuff that they got from Japan and I think that's what makes them unique is that they are right. those two types of booking and that's what people like that's why it feels fresh is that they're taking the old school approach mixed with this strong style approach of booking from Japan that they all learned and it just works. It, it feels great. So that's why I'm saying, like, even with these shows with people on the, sitting on the sides, it still feels fresh and good. Whereas WWE, it just feels like we're just replaying everything. It's just a replay. We're not, we're not really, you know, moving anywhere. Now, I will say again, I think the Dana Brooke, uh, Mandy Rose storyline is probably the best storyline they've had on the show probably in pro- a long time. Because it's actually they're letting it play through.
1: I'm not really sure, like, what the Dana Brooke storyline is. You know, besides like, oh, I got one yeah. over, yeah. Oh, like, maybe I got one my misspoke. first maybe match. Maybe it was you know?
0: Sonya Deville, Sonya Deville, and that's the one. I'm but am sorry, thank you, Sonya yeah, Deville, Deville that's the real, that's, and Mandy that Rose. One. Yeah, that one, is. they're letting that play out, I think that's smart of them, but it feels like somebody else is uh, booking on that, because it's like, it's totally different from everything else in the rest of the show.
1: Well, I mean, they've gotten rid of writers, they've gotten rid of all sorts of staff. You know, like we were talking earlier, I was surprised that Fit Finley well, was let know. go and Norman Smiley. Because, like, they've been there longer than X Time and a few other people that politics, probably still have their guts. To
0: politics, I think that Norman Smiley and uh, Finley probably were making more money because they were more tenured. And so they were looking at that and say, okay, if we cut them, we still got these guys. And not to play backstage politics here but Xbox friends with Triple H and Kevin Nash and all the click he's not gonna go anywhere he's fine and mm-hmm. I don't mean that to be bad but it. yeah no yeah. no no I'm just I, and
1: I'm, I'm just not saying I want I'm him to you, you know
0: but I'm just saying like no, they're not they have nothing to worry about um but you know right.
1: um For sure. anyway
0: um In other news, The Flying Greek is officially um, back in editing. You know, we had to take a little bit of a hiatus because I went through and wrote all the narrations. And Medusa is narrating the film, and we just got those from her last week, and my editor is diving into it this week. So hopefully, I'm hoping and praying that I will have it finalized by the fall and that maybe I'll be able to have a premiere of some kind. (laughs) Her documentary. We're talking about it no, right now. Where's her documentary? Um, we're still talking. Yeah. Actually, I probably got to call her today. Um, but we have enough footage, and um, that I feel that even right now we could probably cut a forty-five minute um, of some of stuff because we were up in Chicago filming stuff at Starcast, um, and I, you know, I want to get a hold of Fight to see if they would let us use some of her interview with Colt Cabana. Um but I also you know we filmed her in Springfield here, and there's stuff that was in that original promo trailer there's still tons of stuff we didn't use and so i've got an i i've i'm going through with my um director of photography and who he helps me edit too we co edit he's we're going through the footage and we're trying to you know outline it on paper and working with her and uh to get something, you know, really nice put together, and to tell a different story than what's been told on like WWE Network and different things like more of a personal story. And uh, we've got footage from Japan that a lot of people haven't seen in a long time, and um, so we've, we've got, you know, we've got plenty to work with. We're just, you know, the thing of the beauty of it was with a documentary. You know, you've always got to take your time because, you know, I spent almost three years on the Flying Greek, and if I wouldn't have taken my time on filming and trying to hunt stuff down, I probably wouldn't have been able to get Medusa to narrate it. And so having her narrate the film is just adding that extra level of just, um, uh, professionalism and wrestling awesomeness and greatness to it, you know? And, uh, um, My hope is that we'll have it done by the fall and that I can have a Mm -hmm. premiere here in Springfield with Manoli and get Medusa up here and maybe get, uh, see if we can get a few other wrestlers to come and make an appearance or something to come watch. I don't know just yet, but I've got my hopes and my dreams there, but we'll see what happens.
1: (laughs) I definitely think that you could probably fuck
0: them to come pretty soon. Hold on a second. But, um, the, uh, but yeah, I do think so. It's just going to depend on the timing of when we get the film, um, done, because i got my guy in LA who's going to score it as well, and um, he's come up with a really unique sound for it, like a mixture of both American and European and Greek music and sounds to really make the soundtrack unique. Um, so, um, it's going to be a fun thing to finally have done and uh there's hard work in it and thanks to I would love if we get Starcast going again to be able to like even do a screening of that at a Starcast as well but that must be down the line um but you know
1: I mean I don't it's not yeah, on you could, the oh, books,
0: yeah, it
1: will but you know it could happen
0: um, and uh yeah, I mean, there's some great behind-the-scenes footage of when we were backstage at Starcast, and we ran into Awesome Kong, you know, and uh, that was great because I can't wait to see that footage again because her and Medusa hadn't seen each other in a long time, and uh, so there's a lot of cool things that we could have even with Medusa's documentary, even if it's a short film, or if we still decide to do it as a short-form documentary piece, you know, where we can put it online or something like that. Um, you know, there's plenty of possibilities that we could do there. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, there's going on. I still want to do my documentary short on Penny Mitchell, who was a female wrestler from the area here and wrestled at NWA and WWF um, in the early through the early eighties, and uh, just trying to find. I've got footage that I could get and use, but I'm trying to find the person who owned the company. That promoted it and made the videos they don't exist anymore they were in Tennessee but the guy moved to California and I'm trying to track him down and I haven't been able to because I just want to be able to get permission so technically it might fall into a gray area unless he uh, copyrighted the videos underneath his own name rather than his company um, so I don't know just yet I'm just kind of you know that's still something that I want to do because I liked her story as well and uh, yeah you never know you never know
1: I would definitely love to hear yeah, yeah, a documentary mm-hmm. on Sweet George Brown. Oh, yeah. I think she would be oh, interesting yeah, yeah. Um, to hear think her story. On I one
0: Kai would be good. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of those wrestlers out there that yeah. their stories are just... I, I love talking to Medusa and just hearing all the backstage and road stories and things. And I'm just like, what about the, you know, of course I have to, you know, there's that little fan of me that goes, hey, what about that? What about this person? <laughs> you know, I have to know. Um, but we were like, I was watching war games. I have the DVD collection that my uh, mm-hmm. mother-in-law got me and got to the match that where it was the... Oh, it was the Dangerous Alliance, and they were in the war games, and it had, you know, stunning Steve Austin, and uh, Medusa was there, with Paul Heyman, and she climbed barefoot on top of that cage, and I'm like, I gotta ask her, that looks like that would hurt like hell, <laughs> your feet, um, doing that, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, there's so many wrestlers out there, you know, and it just happened that Mike Pappas would just had to be in my backyard, and he was such a unique fellow, and the stories he told of Andre, the giant and stuff. It was just it was almost like almost almost fairy tale like of how he got to where he was. And that's what was so intriguing about his story, you know. And it's also what's intriguing about Medusa's story is that there's just so much that's not been told in these other documentaries that have been done on her. And so that was the big thing for me was like, you know, what can we do that's different? And so it was mm-hmm. slowly working on it and putting it together. But, you know, the key, I think, of documentary filmmaking is don't rush it. You know, because, you know, I was basically waiting for WWE to get back to me. I even had a lawyer contact them. And, um, to be professional about it. And I was just wanting to get a prize. Because all roads on, when I was searching for footage of Mike Pappas wrestling, led to WWE buying them, their archives up about ten years ago. And, I tried contacting everybody and we never, we just never heard from them. They, you know, to, we weren't HBO or something. So that's why we never heard back, you know, and uh, that's fine. You know, um, I wish I could have some actual wrestling footage of him, but I've got plenty of pictures and then I was able to film some really fun stuff. Kind of, kind of akin to how they film some of the stuff for dark side of the ring. I shot that three years ago. This behind, like, I called them dream match footage where it's all black and have the one light shining down, you know? hmm. You know, so we did some of that and that was a lot of fun because he still had all his old wrestling gear and it still fit him. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. So that'll be fun once we get it done. I can't wait.
1: Well, currently I have redone my website. So, my portfolio's are up there for gear making and just regular apparel. Uh Um, I'm hoping to do more, um, and I'm working on a few things so I can drop my prices to be more competitive. Um, Because right now, you know, times are tough when people come back from... Corona, you know, they're not going to be able to drop, like, $1,000 on gear.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a transition.
1: Let alone $500, Yeah, there's definitely going
0: to be a transition period. That's why I'm trying to find some other work in the short term until things kind of get back to a new normal at least. Um, Well, a
1: lot of my peers are selling, you know, shirts and, you know, of other independent artists and, you know... Mm -hmm things like that, and um, right now I'm working on getting shirts out for people to buy. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, I can get some really good indie clients. I love working with indie wrestlers.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: There's so tough. much freedom. So much freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, because you can get into something else, you there's going to be a lot
1: of guidelines. Um, but anyhow. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. We've been recording
0: for an hour. Sounds good. It's already been an hour. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: So um, hopefully we can re- get some good reporting on what's next for people who've been released and be able to pass that on to our listeners
0: yeah absolutely I follow I, I that's the first thing I do every morning is I search uh YouTube and start going through my normal wrestling news sources and just trying to catch it up and I keep up for business daily I like I, I like the business side so as soon as I hear something you'll be hearing from me to let me to let you know about it so we can cover it
1: yeah for sure. So. well, you know we hope we got some new listeners and some repeat listeners.
0: Yeah, and sorry it's taking so long to do another recording. It's just, life's been crazy.
1: (laughs) Amen to that.
0: So, anyway. All right, guys. Until next time, um, stay safe and, you know, wash your hands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please stay your six feet.